Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Right, quickly, before we get on with the episode, we've got an announcement. The MMA Fan Podcast is now sponsored by Free Train. Blake, what's Free Train? Free Train is a fantastic company that do these amazing vests for when you run, when you train. Whether you're going for a run or hitting the bag, you can keep your phone close to your chest. And uh, yeah, they're brilliant. They've got a little pocket for your keys. You know more or do you need to have your phone rumbling around in your pocket or at an awkward angle on your arm or anything like that. You've got the vest on, phone's there, easy access to it. They do some great uh, gloves as well to keep your hands warm and be able to touch the phone and everything. It's all linked up with your phone. So yeah, they're a fantastic brand. A couple of pockets for your keys, everything you need when you go for a run or if you're hitting the bag training. And you're not just saying this for the sake of it. Before they even become our sponsors, you had one of these vests, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I've, well, I've still got it. I run with it all the time. But yeah, before they became our sponsors, I had one of these vests. They are genuinely brilliant. I really like them. And uh, yeah, I'm really pleased they're our sponsor. And if you want one, if you head over to freetrain.com, when you go shopping and you put all your stuff in your in your basket, just before you check out, if you put in the code MMAFAN, you'll save yourself 10%. Don't say we don't spoil you here on this podcast. 10% off... An amazing vest from Free Train. www.freetrain.com. All right, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello, and welcome to the. <laughs> <laughs> MMA fan podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin, opposite me on Zoom as ever. It's Blake Harrison, and if you heard a little giggle in Stu's voice there, it's because he did the <laughs> biggest jazz hands as he did that. I'm assuming it's a piss take of me because it's basically what I do every yeah, time we uh, we introduce this show. <laughs> um, but yes, I am Blake Harrison, and today, oh my giddy aunt, do we have a, a great episode for you. Um, we have... The UFC featherweight champion of the world, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. How good does that sound to say? Mate, it's still sinking in my small brain. Like, honestly, it's absolutely incredible. And user in for a treat. Like, he is, he's a top bloke, isn't he? He's a really great bloke. Um, He's in the middle of coaching the Ultimate Fighter as well, so he's a really busy guy, and we're really thankful that he took the time out of his busy schedule to to chat to us. 
Um, and we talk, talked all sorts of things. I mean, he, he his his fight with Brian Ortega was uh, was postponed due to him contracting COVID, and we we talk a lot about that. Um, we we speak a, a little bit about the Ultimate Fighter and about um, uh, 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 Alex's journey, you know, to, to becoming the champion and and what it was like to to step out there and, and fight for the belt, and then and also fight in an empty arena. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just, and what it's yeah. like to. Uh, we also sort of touch on what it's like to just turn up at City Kickboxing, you know, and what what's a day like there? I mean, because you've got legit MMA legends in there, and just to kind of find out, you know, is there a hierarchy? You know, how, how's it work? You know, on an average day in there, and the answer is beautiful. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. So, uh, I mean. We don't need to be saying anything else, really, do we? No, how how dare we hold up people listening to the champ? <laughs> the champion of the world. Undisputed champion of the world. Ah, oh, it's amazing that he's here. I'm so excited. Ladies and gentlemen, here's our interview with the champion of the world, <laughs> Alexander Volkanovsky. I don't think Bruce Buffer's got anything to worry about. <laughs> Fucking dare you. Sorry again, guys, we're going to briefly interrupt the podcast to tell you about a new movie called Embattled. Embattled is starring Stephen Dorff. It's written by David McKenna, who wrote American History X and Blow. Uh, You will also see cameos from Tyrone Woodley and Kenny Florian in this film. And it's the story of a tumultuous relationship between a father and his son. And did I mention that both father and son are MMA fighters? So... This could be right up your street. It's available from the 5th of July on digital download. Check it out. Alexander Volkanovsky, the champ, is in the house. <laughs> How's happening? it going, mate? Very good, mate. Very good. Oh, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Oh, thanks so much, Love man. Oh, cheers, mate. I can see you've got the uh, the tough T-shirt on there as well. How's that going? How long have you yeah, been filming man, for? Uh, it's been a, been been a couple of weeks, uh, so we've got a, a couple more, and then and then we're done. So I've got training after this, so I thought I'd get ready. And so once we're done, we can head off. And I thought I'd look good anyway. You know what I mean? Let everyone know what what we about, what's happening, why we're here. Oh, absolutely! You're looking sharp, mate. You're looking sharp. Yeah, the colour really brings out your eyes. It's lovely. Alexander, we normally start the podcast just by asking. Um, how you ended up finding yourself fighting? Okay, yeah, sweet. So, um, all right, yeah. So, we you know it. Yeah, so we're, we're going, we're going. Oh, okay, there, oh, there we go. My earphones are working now too. Yeah, man. Look, I just like, started at MMA. Just it was funny because I'm with the same coach and the same gym that I was the first day I went uh, to an MMA gym. I was uh, 22 years old, so I started pretty late, but uh, I was playing rugby league. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, reason big, reason, reasonably bigger. I used to be uh, 97 kilograms uh, playing a prop front row for, for rugby league. And, like, I used to get pretty heavy in off-season. Even, you know, I wanted to sit around 93, but I'd be about 97. So I wanted to, you know, keep a little bit of weight down and stay pretty fit. So I thought I'd go to the local uh, gym around the corner and start training. So that's how I started uh, MMA, just, just uh, to keep fit. But I've always loved martial arts and everything like that. So I was like, you know what? 
Um, yeah, I'm going to stick to this. Even while I was playing football that year, I, I kept training. I was, you know, concreting. I was uh, training MMA and I even had a couple of fights that year. I was, uh, so I was doing, doing a fair bit. So it was a busy year for me, but, you know, it, it was good. We won the, we won the premiership, uh, rugby league, and then I thought, you know what? That's a good way to end uh, my, my rugby league career. Let's go take on MMA. So it was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. So I mean, and I know you you did you did wrestling as a, a kid as well, right? You 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 did like was it Greco Roman wrestling? That's the one, yeah. I did that before rugby league, so I did that, uh, yeah, when I was pretty young, around 13, 14 years old. So were you, were you always quite good with like confrontational situations? Because I think I've heard you in an interview say that you know you never started any fights, but you were quite happy to to finish them. Uh, and as <laughs> as someone that you know. Uh, would, would, do everything he could to talk his way out of a confrontational situation. Are you someone that were quite comfortable if something was was going on? You you wouldn't walk the other way. You'd go, I'll I'll see what's going on here, and if I need to step in, I will. Yeah, yeah, man. Look, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah I guess uh, being uh, where where I grew up and that as well. Like, you know, I'm not the, that that type. So I would try and avoid it if I if I could. Uh, you know, something some that, I, you know, I'm not proud of saying that I used to get into a lot of scraps when I was younger, but I did. I got into a few scraps and maybe it was an ego thing as well. Like, it's, you know, it was funny because we were in the house, I'm in the house with the coaches um, at the moment. And then we end up bringing up a couple of the stories and like, and then I'm like explaining some of the stories and then I'm like, oh man, I was like, uh, again, I didn't like starting them, but I mean, if if someone was... I guess it must have been maybe, I don't know, if a chip on my shoulder or what. Like, you know, I, people, these guys think they're tougher than me. Like, you know what I mean? So I thought I had to, like, let them know. I was like, hey, you ain't tougher than me. And, like, sort of, <laughs> you know, that's being young and young and, and silly, I guess. But, you know, I did get into my fair, fair share of uh, scraps and I've always been known to be able to handle myself. But I've always loved martial arts, you know what I mean? Even my, you know, my uncles and my dad and all that, they've always watched them. They always even... My uh, Greek family, my uh, my uncles, and that—that's all they bloody ever talked about was uh, fighting. To be honest, uh, that's <laughs> they'd be like, "Oh, yeah, well, younger did this, you know." They called me the sledgehammer, rah rah rah. So uh, <laughs> you know, they <laughs> so that we always had uh, them type of, types of conversations. But again, we always watched boxing. We, we always loved it. Um, but yeah, it was just something that I always wanted to do. Even man, I always say this as well. Even uh, when I was. Like young, I wasn't even training MMA at, a t- at the time. No martial arts. I wasn't even training any martial arts. And I would picture myself in a boxing ring, winning world titles, in the, in, even in the UFC cage. Like, you know, I'd be listening to music and just picture myself holding up a, a belt. And I'm like, mate, you're not even training it. Why the, you know, as if this is going to happen type thing. But I don't know. I guess I always believed it. Always believed it could happen. And, uh, you know, I always felt like I'm the type of guy that uh, if I wanted to pursue it, I could. But. It just took me a long time to finally go. All right, I'm going to pursue it. Well, you, you 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 talk about like um, dreaming of of winning titles when you were younger, when you weren't even like a fighter. So I'm, I'm assuming that you know when you get to a situation where you're fighting for a UFC title against Holloway in that first fight, how different is the lead up to that fight and the um, and the, the the moments literally before kind of walking out are the nerves a bit extra because when you're fighting for a UFC title, surely that's that's the reason you got into the sport. You're you're on the cusp of achieving your dreams. All the hard work you've put in led up to that moment. And I, in my head, it takes a really special kind of person to go. Years of hard work have led to this. 
and I'm not going to let the moment overtake me. So how did you deal with, if there were any extra nerves, or was it just like, you were just like, this is another fight? Mate, it's, that's exactly what I'm sort of like. It is just another fight. Obviously, I know what's on the line. Uh, but, I mean, I'm the type of person that every fight is a, is a world title to me. You know what I mean? I want to make sure I'm in the best physical shape, mental shape I, I can be going into any fight. But, obviously, fighting guys like uh, Max Holloway and guys that you know that, oh, these guys are tough, these guys are fit. You know, in the training room, you're like, wait a second. He, you know, he he's probably doing that extra extra work. So I'm constantly pushing myself during uh, my camp and, and things like that. But nerves, um, man, like I've, I've I swear I've like I've got it uh, pretty down pat. I'm so uh, what I've noticed is because uh, I've growing up and even doing interviews and fighting and things like again, you're put in positions where you need to be in control. Yeah. I always try and be in control of myself, uh, my nerves and, you know, my, my emotions and, and things like that going into fights, interviews and all that. And I've always tried to control myself doing that. And now just through experience and, and repetition of doing that every day, um, I've just got it down pat. I literally, man, I don't, I, I don't get nervous. It's I honestly, uh, I sit there and I'm, I'm in the back with the boys. I'm about to fight for a world title in Vegas, full crowd. You know, you could, you could imagine against Max Holloway and I'm at the back having a laugh with the boys like I would at a normal training. So the banter's still going. Um, you know what I mean? Obviously we know what we've got to do. We're warming up, but that's how we am. I remember this is a story that I, I was, uh, I was ready to walk out. I was ready to walk out to fight Max Holloway for the first fight. Uh, Bisping, he was uh, on the broadcast, one of the commentators. He needed to go to the toilet. He needed to hang a piss. So he was like, he's, he comes out around the corner. I see him. And then he's like, oh, shit. Like, you know, he's trying to like just stand on the wall and stay out of our way. You know, I don't want to ruin Alex's moment or don't want, you know what I mean? I don't want to ruin his focus. Or like, you could see that he was like, oh, shit. You know, I picked the wrong time to do this. And I'm like, ah, oh, you're right, man. Go to the toilet. <laughs> What are you doing? Go, go for it. No worries. And he's like, oh, oh, shit. You know, and then like he just walks past and I, I end up screaming because I end up doing a, a podcast with him and I didn't even have any uh, earphones. I couldn't find any. So I used my daughter's pink earphones. Those tiny little pink earphones. Um, like little, you know what I mean? Like the, whatever, yeah, like full like a headset like that. Um, so I'm like wearing that and then he's walking. I'm going, hey, pink headphones. Remember that? Like I'm having a laugh with him and he's like, Oh, what? He cracks up. And I remember him even talking about it in his podcast or, or when I seen him, he's like, man, like your biggest moment of your life and you're just having a laugh like it's, it's just another day. It's just that's who I am. But it's funny, me doing this whole coaching thing, uh, you know, whenever I watch my, my training partners, whenever there's a big UFC event and I'm not involved and I'm not trying to control my emotions and, and try and control my, my nerves, I get more nervous. I get more nervous watching friends, teammates fight. Uh, I get nervous watching them because I'm not in control of the fight and I'm not, I'm not trying to control my emotions, if that makes sense. I just uh, – so, I, like, even doing this whole coaching series, I, I get more nervous watching the boys fight than I do in my own fight. You know what I mean? I'm so, I'm, I've, I think I've nailed it, you know, you know knock on wood. <laughs> but um, I feel like I've uh, definitely I've definitely, uh, definitely got control over, over my nerves when it comes to, to fighting. And when am I right, Alex, in thinking the rematch with Holloway was in a empty arena? Yep, there was. How different? How different was that walking out to you know a, a, an empty arena and, and not the roar of a crowd? 
Very, very different. So it's funny because you, you asked this question at a perfect time because I just explained how I uh, really control my emotions, really control my nerves and keep myself at this level. Yeah, I want to be composed. I want to go in there clear. So that's what I do. And I do that. And then you've got this whole crowd, a whole arena. You know what I mean? So there's, there's a good balance where I'm keeping myself composed, but I still got the blood pumping. I still got that little bit of adrenaline going. Uh, you know, so it's a good balance. And I didn't know this till I fought in Abu Dhabi. So I try to do the exact same thing that I always do, right? It's, it's working. I'm going to keep myself composed. You know, I walk out, I start walking out, and I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the octagon, and it's just, what the fuck's going on? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it was so, <laughs> how do I explain it? Like, it was just literally, like, I'm like, fuck. Just how I'm with, with you guys now, like, it was just, me just, just so normal. It was, it was weird. And I was like, oh, shit, because I kept myself so composed. I want to be, you know, all right, relax, relax. And I did what I always do, but no crowd. And then I was just well underdone, well underdone where I was like, uh, yeah, man, it was just, it was weird. I remember even, you know, I was saying to my, the boys in the corner, I'm like, boys, talk to me in there. I'm going to hear everything you say. Because uh, I'm, I am very clear right now. Like pretty much, and I am so normal right now. I'll hear everything, and uh, yeah, you could see that going in. Like it was weird. I, I sort of uh, explain it. Like while I'm fighting, everything was forced. If that makes sense. Like my reaction times didn't feel like they were on point. They weren't there. Uh, you know, usually as I'm moving, you know, your body, and then you, there's opportunities. Bang. You know, I want to capitalize on them opportunities, but. Just my reaction times and my sharpness and it just wasn't there. It was weird. And I remember going into the, the third round and the, the boys are going, you have to do more. You have to do it. And I, I end up telling myself, you got to, you have to force this. Don't sit there, wait for things to, to start happening for you. It ain't happening. Make it happen. Force everything. So literally every combo, every punch was just forced, if that makes sense. It was, a, it was such a weird feeling that, Mate, I feel like I'm more, I've got more blood pumping when I'm sparring, if that makes sense, uh, than I did I wow. in that fight. It was a weird, weird feeling, but at least I was still composed and clear where I could still know what I'm doing and, and you know, at least, uh, you know, work adjust to the, you know, the, to the changes that, uh, uh, that, that Max made and things like that. So, uh, and, and get the job done. But I mean, I'll tell you what, it was fucking weird. It was a weird feeling. And uh, it's funny, like now I know that. Yeah, I've experienced that. So if I need to do it again, yeah. that's it. I'm in the change room. I'm blaring that music. I'm popping myself <laughs> up. I'm like, let's go. You know what I mean? I'm gonna be. That's what I'm gonna be like. You know what I mean? I'm gonna. I'm gonna let the let the adrenaline pick up a little bit. I'm not gonna try and control it as much. I'm gonna make my own balance. Yeah, the crowd ain't gonna help me get that balance. So I'll get that balance uh, myself. But again, I feel like I'm in control and I can do that. So. That's what I'll do next time. If well, now I feel like we, we might be fine. My next fight probably will be with a crowd anyway. So, yeah. all good. Just just one thing on that, Eva M. Could you could you hear? The- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Commentators, Alex? Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't really hear him. So if I could, I probably would have said something to him. I probably would have been like, yeah, fucking he's up, boys. Come on, mate. Yeah. I'm, I'm here too, lads. I know, I know you love Max, but fuck's sake, give me a break. You know what I mean? <laughs> Listen back to it again. Like, uh, It's weird, man. It's a hard one. It's a tricky one. And again, I'm, I'm the top person that I understand how things are going. It was a fucking close fight. Max, from the first fight, turned things around and looked great the first couple of rounds and made massive changes. Uh, and I get that. And the boys were so impressed by that, the commentators, that they just, oh, man, like, well, I'm landing punches. They're not saying a word. Uh, you know, he misses. Oh, Max, go, Max. Well, you know what I mean? It was crazy. So, again, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to sound sour and you know what I mean, but obviously a lot of people picked up. I'm hoping and guessing that's why you brought it up. But uh, you know what I mean? It's it's something that it was, you know, it is noticeable. Again, you, you people are watching back the, the, the footage down. While it was happening, you know, people you probably couldn't pick up on it. They're like, whoa, you know, Max, oh, okay, yeah, and they're, they're doing this. You've got these live stats. Um, you know what I mean that are completely wrong you end up looking at official stats after the fights and it shows that I was well ahead in strikes so you know these things can definitely make things hard so you can understand it was such a close fight as well so look man oh, yeah. when people are going to go I thought Max won oh whatever that, that's fine but I mean there was a lot of uh, factors in there as well and I understand that and, but again man look yeah, I'm over, I'm over that 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 uh, sort of. I've talked about that fight more than enough. Obviously, every every time I I have a chat, uh, his name gets brought up because again, he was a great champion, great fighter. But that just shows you um, what type of fighter I am. You know what I mean? To to over overcome and, and beat guys like Chad Mendes, Aldo, Max twice. Um, you know, so again, I, I'm a. Sometimes I look back at that and I'll be like, wow, you know, because again, I'm just a regular bloke, mate. I'm I'm such a, a normal bloke. I forget what I fucking do. I walk the streets and I'm just I'm just Alex Volkanovski. I ain't a UFC champion, you know what I mean? I completely forget about it. I have people come up and go, oh, hey, man, I think I know him from school or something. I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck, the UFC thing, yeah. So, um, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean. I, I, that's just sort of uh, how I am and how I've always been. So it's 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 good. And then you, you talk about that and then you, you look at, like, you know what? Aldo has done, Chad Mendes and, and Max Holloway, and we're like, fuck, you know, we took these guys out, you know, and then I'm doing this this show and, 
you know, you're looking at guys and how much they look up to you. Like it's sort of a bit of an eye opener for me because again, I'm back home. I, I'm you know soon after this is all done, I go back home. I'm with my family, and I've got my my daughters bossing me around. So I don't give a fuck who you are. You know what I mean? <laughs> Your daddy <laughs> cooked me some fucking eggs. I'm um, no worries. <laughs> obviously, they don't talk to me like that. But you get you know what I mean. Like obviously, they don't care that I'm a that I'm a world champion. I'm just daddy and. And that's all. That's all I'm. I'm happy to be anyway. But I mean, this whole UFC champion thing is is unreal, and you know, it's. Uh, I love it. But again, I just sometimes I just forget about it. We and how, as you mentioned, your daughters there. Um, you're actually, I think, the first parent we've had uh, on the podcast that's that's a fighter. Oh. And um, I wanted to know, like, as as an actor, I'll sometimes be home for a few months, get loads of time in with the kids, and then a job will come in and I might have to go away for two or three months. And as the kids are getting older, I'm finding that time away more and more difficult. And I wondered for you, because I know that sometimes you train over in New Zealand, you train in other parts of Australia. How difficult, and right now, I mean, you're in Vegas right now coaching the Ultimate Fighter how much more difficult is it getting as those kids are getting older to, to be away from them for this fight stuff? And, and do you know how understanding of the family and, and, and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, man, it's uh, exactly right. And, and you say that at a good time because right now I'm in Vegas and this is the longest I've ever been away. Because let's yeah. remember, I was meant to fight Ortega. So I was here two weeks before I was meant to fight Ortega. Then that didn't happen. Then I was in quarantine because I got COVID. And then, uh, you know, so then I ended up getting told that this has happened. So there was no point in me going back home, doing quarantine for two weeks and then coming straight back here. It just, you know, I would have to literally come straight back here. So I just couldn't do it. So I had to wait there. And then I've got to do this whole show. And then I've got to go back home and quarantine. It's going to be close to three months being wow. away from the family, which is crazy. When, when I look at it that way and I'm just like, I don't know how I'm doing this right now. Um, it is very difficult for me because, again, as I talk about, it, I'm a family man, and that's all I. Again, I don't even. I, I barely remember. I'm a UFC chair, right? I barely remember. I do UFC. I just. I'm daddy and, and my family. It's all about my family. That's what what I'm all about. So it is very difficult. Um, but again, you just need to keep telling yourself, "I'm doing this for for the family." You know, again, being on this show is a is a big opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, there's the yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I guess you could say free marketing involved, you know what I mean? So, and, and marketing and promoting of, of mine and uh, Ortega's fight, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's a, it's a big opportunity. It was an opportunity that my miss, the, the wife didn't want me to miss. But obviously, it's hard for the missus uh, as well, being there with the kids, uh, longest time I've been away, not having my support, feeling lonely, me being away, like all these types of things. That, and then, like, you know, getting that, that little bit of feedback from the family and knowing that I can't be there to help, it absolutely kills me. But at the same time, you know, you can't look at, you know, what I could do if I was there. It's like, what can I do while I'm here? All right. Like, you know, you know, talk to them when you can, you know, FaceTiming, uh, you know, get people to help out with the kids, get the family to help out. You know what I mean? Whatever you can do from the other side of the world, you can do. And you've got to look at it that way. But it is tough. It's very tough. And, Man, my motivation is my family, you know what I mean? Like, so at the end of the day, even though I'm away from my family, I'm doing this for my family. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely difficult. Uh, but, you know, the traveling, usually, especially with this COVID, I would have I would have just told the family to come, fly, fly them over. They would have yeah. been here with me. But with this whole COVID thing, uh, you know, it's tough because they would have been here and then they probably would have had to still be in a bubble here so you could imagine being stuck in the house with uh, two two young daughters, um, you know, five and three years old, 
So they're going to have to pretty much be, I wouldn't say quarantining, but close to here and then do another two weeks quarantine when we get back home. And the, the wife is just like, you know, I can't do that. There's no way I could do that. And plus, obviously, they're at mm. school, uh, you know. So Ariana, five-year-old, she's at school. So we just – we can't do that. So it's tough. But usually they come with me. If I go to New Zealand, they, they come with me here and there. Usually it's only a couple of weeks, yeah, so I can go for a week yeah. or two. I'll come home, you know. But now you can't do that. If I go away, I've got to do the two-week quarantine. So if I go away for camp, it's either I do the camp at home or I've got to go somewhere early. So I do the quarantine. Say if I went to New Zealand, go to New Zealand, do two-week quarantine, then do my, my eight-week camp, you know what I mean, and then go fight because I can't really go back and forth because you're losing two weeks of training, which you just can't do. You can't afford, especially at this level. So it's a, yeah. it's tricky. But, I mean, that's going to change soon. And, again, i just got to keep looking at the – you know, looking forward and why I'm doing this and get a real understanding and, you know, obviously just – try and be as supportive as I can from this side. Luckily, I've got a supportive family. The, the wife is nothing but supportive with me doing this and knows, she knows that, you know, this needs to be done. So, but it is tough. Yeah. And you, you mentioned uh, uh, COVID there and, and having COVID. There's a, a quite stupid narrative out there that, you know, if you're young and you keep yourself fit and healthy, you know, COVID's nothing to worry about. But we've seen, you know, anyone that's done a little bit of research, you look at even in the MMA world, you have Leon Edwards, Hamzat Shemaev and yourself, you know, all people that are some of the fittest people on the planet. And you you had a, a difficult situation with COVID, didn't you? I can't remember if you said that you were, all, were you like almost taken to hospital or you, you were taken to hospital? What what happened there and how scary did things get for you with COVID? Yeah, man. Yes, yeah, so I ended up in hospital. So I was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it started off with, the thing is, again, like, uh, you're right about this narrative, you know, and that's why, like, uh, while I was having, I was like, hey, like, you know, it ain't no joke, you know what I mean? Obviously, yeah. immune systems and things like that are, are going to play a, a big factor as well. But, I mean, there's so many there's so many ways that, uh, you know, can affect your immune system and things. So, like, you know, healthy young guys like myself and, uh, you know, Hazmat and all that, like, Hazmat retired because of it, you know what I mean? Like, he, like he, obviously, he was probably trying to train too early and all that, but it just shows you how serious it is. It affects the lungs. It's, and so many people I talk to say that it took them a while to get their lungs back. Even guys that just had normal mm. symptoms, just normal, short symptoms, but they they felt the lungs were struggling for, you know what I mean? So that was like something that the more and more people I talk to. But I mean, with me, obviously at the end of my camp, I went over to to Vegas early for Brad Riddell to, to be there in support of his because he fought the week before me. So I did my last week of, of hard training in uh, in Vegas and we train hard. We train very hard, so we uh we get stuck into it like a levitory. So so there was a lot of really hard sessions, and I think I had COVID, not knowing, but I had COVID during them them last sessions, which I had back to back. Usually we space them out a bit better, but we just through the timing of travel. Obviously, travel plays a factor too, but um through travel and that we 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 jammed that week in a little bit. So I end up having back to back solid sessions while I probably. We're in the early days of COVID. Um, and then, yeah, then I found out I got COVID. I was like, oh, far out, you know what I mean? Not really feeling too much. So hearing that news and hearing that the fight's cancelled for that was hard. I did have little headaches and that that I was feeling. I'm like, why is that? I was like, oh, yeah, probably dehydration, whatever it is. But I still felt reasonably normal. And then to hear that you're not fighting was just fucking sucks, obviously. He's like, what? What do you mean? Like, 
what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. But then, obviously, having to be quarantined. Um, and then, again, you hear about these stories of hazmat. So we wanted to keep a close eye on it. So I ended up getting all the normal symptoms. Yeah, bad headaches, bad fevers. I was getting rough fevers and all that. So I had to, you know, but I mean, if I had Panadol, I'd feel much better. Um, obviously, weak, uh, you know, body aches and things like that. So I had all the normal symptoms. But then the, the, the breathing and that started getting a, a little worse. So uh, and then I was uh, starting to to cough up pinky phlegm, like with little bits of uh, blood in there. So we're like the first time, you know, we end up being like, you know, again, you're hearing about these hazmat stories and all that. But like, I ain't taking any risks. Take us to the, you know, like, let's go to the hospital at the, at the start. They're probably like, oh, you don't really need to go. Like, let's just do it anyway. My team made the decision to take me. So we went there. I didn't realize that you had to go for ambulance and they're going to put you on a, on a stretcher and all this type of stuff. It seemed a little way too much. I was like, oh, man, I'm not that bad. But, I mean, that's the only way. Because you've got COVID, you, you have to go by ambulance. Yeah. So we went there and then they seems like, oh, yeah, you, look, you've got a bit of a pneumonia. So they end up finding out the COVID and then you got like a secondary uh, sort of pneumonia. So that that's, that's sort of common as well. Early stages, so they're like, oh, look, you know, this is common. You'll be, you know, you'll be right. You'll, you'll, you'll not be sober. So I went back home. But then the, the breathing and that started getting worse. Uh, the symptoms, like the fever, I had fevers a couple of nights, but then they went away. But then the, the breathing started getting a lot worse and, and I was coughing up more and more blood. So I started like coughing up like blood. So it went pinky phlegm with, with specks of uh, blood in it to, all right, there's, there's a fair bit of blood now, like, you know, and, and pretty consistent. So I'm like, all right. So we showed the photos to the UFC. And they're like, all right, shit, let's let's get him back. Um, it was a bit tricky because uh, again, like the, at the start, like some people, are like, oh, you know, are you sure you need to go? And then obviously showing the blood, they're like, oh, right, let's get a checkup. But then they end up looking at the the infection. The infection got a lot uh, a lot worse, or got worse in the in the lungs and that. So uh, they were like, all right, look, you know, we're going to have to keep you here in the hospital and and get you on some strong medication and and just knock this infection. So they did that, and then as soon as I was on the infection, we started seeing improvements. But I mean, there were scary moments where, like, again, we talk about how fit I was, and uh, you know, and like my heart rate sits low, like I'm low forty, like I'm forties, and even now, like I'm like I'm around forties, but I was getting thirties and like thirty fives and and stuff like I was averaging 35 at night and things like that. And like, uh, I was looking into, into like, uh, obviously you do your Google, you know, you, you Google doctor, yeah. you know, why you're sick and all that. And they're like, they said it can get into the heart. And the worst thing that can to happen do is well. <laughs> your, your heart rate can go lower if it gets it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm seeing that. And I did notice from like, you know, there were stages where my heart rate just kept dropping and dropping and dropping and getting really, really low. And I was just, I was in the 30s. Like I'll be sitting there awake talking to people. And I'm in 38, 30, you know what I mean? Like really, really low. I'm like, man. So I'm asking the doctors about, look, they're, look, they're like, you're, you're right, man. You're, you're, your heart's fine. There's stuff in the world. You're just really, really fit. So it was scary. But, I mean, it just shows you how fit I am. I think the medication can play with it a little bit. But, I mean, it just shows you how fit I was. And it still rocked me. You know what I mean? There's not many, not many human beings sit. Uh, in the 38, 40, you know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, yeah. beats a minute. Uh, so it just shows you that, you know, that I was fit and and it still absolutely rocked me. Maybe maybe my immune system was down from the really hard training or that. Maybe, but I mean, again, it's still something that, you know, you've got to be careful with. And, you know, that's why I wanted to share 
my experience to everyone to just let them know that, hey, I I literally thought I'll be fine too. I thought like, yeah, this ain't going to rock me. Yeah. I thought like that. But I mean, you know, who knows? Stresses for me being, you know, the fight being cancelled, uh, you know, being away from the family for no reason and then having to wait till this COVID's over, then having to do another quarantine when I get home. The stresses, all this type of stuff, you know, could could have played a factor. But it just shows you that it can it can rock you. And, uh, and we've seen it time and time again, especially even with MMA fighters. Are you fully recovered now? No long COVID or anything? You're all good? All good. So, uh, you know, we did a great Brilliant. job. The UFC did a great job as well. Uh, you know, doctors in the, the UFC PI, did some studies obviously everyone was like look you have to ease into into training like you know the, the first week obviously just let's recover uh second week 50 percent uh the week after you know slowly bring it up you know what i mean so you know i wasn't training full full uh 100 probably to like four maybe five weeks after um i started training so that was just just precautions make sure we didn't know, you know, we didn't want scar tissue or, or affect the lungs anymore. But now I feel like I can go 100% and then not worry about it. So we're back to full health, uh, which is good. But I mean, yeah, again, the UFC did a great job through the whole process. And even after the UFC, uh, after the, the COVID, just easing me back into training and keeping an eye doing some tests and everything. So, yeah, very, uh, very appreciate that very much because that was obviously very good for, for me mentally to know that I'm getting looked after and everything's going to plan. So it was good. Am I right as well in asking you that you've wrote a kid's book? Yes, I have. <laughs> a children, children's book. So it's a right. – which is definitely <laughs> – it's different, obviously, when you look at MMA fighter, UFC fighters and, and things like that. Uh, yeah, man, it's different. But, I mean, at the same time, like uh, I always talk about like the hard work and, you know, the discipline and, and, you know, resilience and all this stuff that's involved in, in MMA, you know, like the life skills you learn from martial arts, you know, adversity and rising for, you know what I mean? That's where the resilience, all that type of stuff, discipline, again, uh, you know, sound like a broken record, but it, it's a side of MMA and martial arts that a lot of people don't get to see, you know what I mean? Like, especially through, through media and especially through hyping up fights, you know, it's all about trash talking, and well, and look, that's going to happen. There's nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean? Again, like me, me and uh, Ortega uh, in this show together, we, you know, we there was no bad blood before that. But I mean, I won't say it's all uh, all roses right now during this show. You know what I mean? So it's going to happen. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, <laughs> so at the same time, it's not, um, you know, it's not something that I'm going to, you know, I'm not just going to talk bad about someone and then, you know, just trash talk them and talk about their family and whatnot. You know, if someone deserves it, I'm going to point it out and say, hey, you're a piece of shit, you know, whatever. I'm going to do that. But, I mean, at the same time, you know, I'm going to – respect's always going to be there. Uh, you know what I mean? Discipline, all these – again, all these uh, things. So uh, that's, a, that's a side of the, the, the UFC and MMA I wanted to show. And, um, again, no one's doing it, so I thought it would be pretty cool. And so we decided to do a little a children's book of, uh, of like, my story. So it's, you know, Alexander, Alexander the Great, you know what I mean? So it was a – it was cool, man. Like, you know what I mean? It was a, it was a, you know, pretty big hit too. Like the kids absolutely love it. And um, again, I, the parents appreciate it as well because the messages in it uh, is what we, you know, we wanted to, to push forward. So, it, you know, it works, especially uh, again, like uh, what, what you can see with the, the direction of the book, 
You know what I mean? So obviously it's cool. Like, you know, you know, my daughters get to see, oh, daddy is daddy. You know what I mean? Even though, you know, if it's a cartoon version <laughs> of me, but you know, it's a cool, it's a cool thing as well. But uh, again, it's something that means a lot and it's special to me because of what it's all about rather than, you know, than anything else. It was just something that I thought it was a good opportunity to, I think it's good for the sport, uh, good for myself as well, but I feel like it's good for the, the younger generation and, you know, for kids that, that, want to get into this sport. Don't feel like, you know, the kids in this sport, when you get into this, oh, yeah, I've got to get good at trash, talk, you know, trash and, you know, talk trash and, you know, be, being able to shit talk and all that type of stuff. I don't want the, uh, these kids feeling like that's the way they have to be. You know, I've got to be this way. Like, oh, yeah, I could just go out there and fight and, you know, talk shit. But, I mean, it ain't like that. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard work. It's discipline. There's a lot involved. Uh, but I mean, again, it's it's something that uh, you know made me who I am, and made me you know, a lot. I've learned a lot of life skills from it. Uh, and you know, I mean, there's there's adversities you've got to push through. There's a, you know, you can get mentally strong, physically strong, and mentally strong through yeah. this through this whole process. But I mean, to to always have that respect and discipline as well while you're doing it. Uh, it means a lot. So that's that's something special to me. That's why I feel like a book is is a great message. Uh, I mean, I'd love to see that. Like anytime fighters just just go that extra mile to kind of stop that negative uh wrongful kind of assumption about mixed martial arts as a sport and uh mixed martial arts athletes as well um i I think is always a brilliant thing so well done for doing that mate and uh i mean it's it's just great to see people using their fame for for good and for good reasons and and when it comes to to fame uh famous people get some odd requests and when i was looking into a few videos of you alex you know just just uh doing a bit of my research i did see one video where you were in a barber's and there's a young lad in the barber's that asks you to choke him out and it's oh. just so everyone knows <laughs> the the guy's absolutely fine it was genuinely very funny um and uh but i was just wondering do you get a lot of weird requests? Like, do people say, "Go on, kick my leg or punch myself"? Can you lift me up and take me down? Do, do you get odd requests as like a, a a champion, a famous fighter? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 
Yeah, you do. You do. It's funny. Like, even again, like, I'm known for my leg kicks. I'll be like, oh, I want, I want you to give me a leg kick. I'm like, man, I ain't going to do that. There's a video that I just put up um, on my YouTube channel. Uh, and it was, uh, we got these guys, uh, um, uh, Fletcher, yeah, Fletcher and Heine. So these, they're, they're these uh, funny dudes that, you know, they're rugby league players or they used to play rugby league and now they do their own skits and, and funny uh, sort of a, uh, you know, gimmicks and all that type of stuff on the footy show and things like that. So they did a, an episode with me and the episode was me pretty much kicking uh, Heidi's ass, you know what I mean? So it was, like, <laughs> it was funny. So it's actually, we just put that up like, a, I think two days ago. So uh, there's a couple of them videos out there and I was like, all right, like, they're like, yeah, give it to him. Obviously they don't knock the bloke out, but I mean, like, you know, rip a couple in. So it was funny. You can see me uh, definitely turning, you know, obviously not turning them over, but there's a couple that, you know, knock his head back a little bit, a couple of good body rips, a couple of leg kicks. But, I mean, you're right. You, you do get these uh, requests and things like that. But, again, it's always fun. It's, it's never nothing, yeah. you know, malicious about it, you know. And even the the one you're talking about with the choke, I, was, I wasn't sure. I'm like, man, should I do this? Yeah, you stuff? took I a lot of persuading. Yeah, it did. It did. And then that's – it took a lot of persuading even before. But, uh, but I mean, we ended up, all right, I'll do it. And then, like, I was, like, sort of doing it. I, I was even backing out. So I don't even know if I did it. And then I just, uh, you end up watching the video, you see his legs sort of just drop. And then, like, he sort of wakes up a little. <laughs> and he's, like, looking at us like, what? Like, some people, they don't realise what happened. Like, they sit there and be like, what? Why is everyone laughing? <laughs> like, it's just funny. But, I mean, you do get these types of uh, requests. And, uh, you know, it's uh, again, it's, it's it's nothing but a good laugh. I mean, it's funny you say it because I swear someone just said it to me just probably the, a couple of days ago. It might even been one of the... The guys on the ultimate fighter from one of the, op- the the you know the opposite team from the Ortega's team. I think someone goes, "I want your leg kick me. I want to see how it feels." You know, I think I might have even heard one of them say that. But go, no, you wait till after the show. I'll give you a good kick if you want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't do that before <laughs> the show, mate. This is your chance to potentially get like a UFC contract. The last thing you need is a busted leg before your fight. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly some people right. just aren't very bright. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> especially MMA fighters. Now I take that back. Obviously, yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm pushing a, a narrative there as well, back club. But again, man, you'll be surprised like with uh, MMA fighters. Obviously, you, you, even like when I talk to people or they meet so many people and they, they're surprised that I'm nice. Like, you know, what I mean? yeah. they're surprised that they can have a nice conversation with me. I'm like, man, what do you expect? You know what I mean? It just shows you, uh, you know, what, yeah, what. I guess some people they don't know any different. Again, like they only see this trash talk and they see all the, you know, all the the craziness, but they don't get to see the different side of MMA, which mate, some of the nicest people I've ever met are in this sport. You know what I mean? And again, like, but it's just but that's that's just, just the way it goes. Can, can we just talk a little bit about city kickboxing as well? I mean, what what's that like to be to be out there amongst, you know, so many great fighters as well? I mean it, do, do you all just kind of, I mean, just, just give us an insight into what a day is. Are you all there, ever there at once? You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of, like, legendary fighters in there. And, like, you know, what, what's a day like in uh, in City Kickboxing? Yeah, man, it's a, man, it's, it's a gym. Like, obviously, again, you've got, you've got some big names over there, and, like, great fighters, but the team, you know what I mean? It's a team environment. So they're all there at the same session. They all have to be. If they're not, Eugene and Dougie and, and the boys over there are going to kick their ass if they're not there. You know what I mean? Like, they, I don't like, they don't care. Like, they, these are the things they even say to the easiest. I don't care if you're easy. I'm going to 
you got to be here. you got to help the guys do their spine. Like, you'd be surprised. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, yeah, again, I, I'm from a, a freestyle fund gym, so in Australia, but I go there and do a lot of my camps. So I'm still part of their team. But but again, like, it's a, it's a, like, I just do more affiliated sort of gyms and I'm always there. So they're still my training partners. Now. So we go there and, like, the, the boys there, the coaches there, Eugene and that, uh, they don't care if you're an absolute star. You are there to help your amateur and professional fighters do their, their workouts. So there's a lot of guys that they're there to help easy for when he needs to do his spider workouts and all that. So easy needs to be there for theirs. And Izzy's like, you know, we're all okay with that. That's just how it is. You know what I mean? It's that team environment where no one's better than no one. Like, you know, I don't care who you are, you you got to be there for your team. And um, and that, that's something that is pretty special to see, especially when you've got so many guys like, you know, at the highest level and you know what I mean? And, and, and stars of, of the, of the UFC. And, you know, again, that's a different side that people don't get to see. Like, you know, a lot of people that even with Israel Adesanya, they don't really see that side of him. He's a loyal, a very loyal bloke, very respectful. And he's always there for the boys. You know, obviously he's a family man. People, people get that, but he's a, his team, you know, city kickboxing is his family and he'll go out of his way for him. You know what I mean? So there's a, a lot he does, um, you know, people would never know, you know what I mean, what he's like, you know what I mean? So, but again, that's that's how everyone is at, uh, at City Kickboxing as well. So everyone is at the same session. They all have to be. The pro class is everyone. No one gets special treatment. Everyone's there at the same time. That's great to hear, man. Look, I know you've got to get to the uh, to the gym soon. Uh, but if I could ask one last question of you, mate. Um, I just wanted to yes, say, like... Yes, you can. Of course you so, can. Oh, you're a legend. Uh, so, like... So you've got you you know, you were a two time national wrestling champion in Australia. You know, you decided after that, oh, I've done enough of that, I'm gonna go into rugby league. In rugby league, I think you win a player of the season, your team wins the trophy and you win man of the match in the final, and then you go, Oh yeah, I've done enough of that, I'll go into MMA. In MMA, you've become the featherweight champion of the world and not just become the champion, but done it by beating the two goats of the division in Aldo and Holloway. Like, what is left for you to do before you decide, do you know what, I think I might just go and win, like, a PGA Tour, Golf Masters, or uh, or maybe run for Prime <laughs> Minister or something? Like, is there much left for you to do before you go and smash something else? Oh, mate, there's plenty you could do. So that's a – I always say there's a no end goal. You know, when, when people sit there and they talk about goals, you know, I've got big goals and people think that getting the world title is, a, you know, like – yeah, that's their goal. I was like, yeah, that's that's a goal that I'm going to reach, but that's not my end goal. You know, I'm going to want to defend it. I'm going to want to be the goal of my division. I want to be, I want to be the pound for pound number one. You know what I mean? So the, it's going to keep going. And then you got the, you know, then you might have coaching goals. Then you got, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Obviously, successful. You know, want to be successful. But again, sports. I don't know how much more uh, sports I could do. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to – this will probably be my last sport, I reckon. Uh, I'll probably play more sports, but the ones that I feel like I can be the best in the world at, I feel like this is definitely where, where it ends. But um, but in saying that, like, you know, I'm re- you know now you're looking at me in a success and, like, you know, you're building your brand and all that type of stuff, and, and that's endless. YouTube channels and all that type of stuff, you know, it's a – all exciting and you know, just knowing that there is no end goal is like you know, and you're slowly right now building, you know, building the empire, but building your, your brand and trying to build things. And 
I never really understood all that type of stuff, but now I'm really getting an understanding of it. And, you know, they're big goals of mine now. You know what I mean? Like successful. Again, I do what I do now for my family. As soon as I had a kid, I wanted to be UFC champion so I can look after my family. Not so I can be like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm a UFC champion. It's like, nah, this is a career path you chose. All right, I'm going to take it all away and I'm going to make make the most out of it. I'm going to be successful and I'm going to look after my family with it. That's the career path I chose. So that's what you're going to do. No motivation like family. And again, once this ends, uh, you know, that motivation is still going to keep going and it might dabble into different things. You know what I mean? And again, just at the end of the day, successful and, and being able to look after my family is all that counts. So there's going to be plenty of other opportunities to help me do that. Alex, I mean, you're inspirational in the cage. You're just a humble, nice, likable guy out of the cage. I don't know what else to say. We're just so <laughs> pleased to have, have you on the show. It's, it's been a real honour to have you on, mate. mate. Thank you Absolutely. so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Great chat. Uh, and uh, looking forward to when this uh, airs. Let me know. And, and uh, yeah, I'll definitely be sharing it. And, uh, yeah, make sure you uh, look into my YouTube channel if you want to see me kicking the shit out of uh, a big rugby league player. <laughs> have a look. If you want to see my cooking with Volk. I don't, know, have you, I don't know if you guys have seen my cooking with Volk. I've got a no. cooking show that I'm actually going to do an episode while we're here as well. So, uh, yeah, we're doing a lot of that as well. So I love my cooking. You'll probably see that once you see uh, this whole ultimate fighter uh, thing happens as well because I love my cooking and I'm always on the barbecue doing my thing. So keep an eye for that. Add chef and uh, author to the list of achievements. There you go. I don't know what more there is for you to do in life, Alex. (laughs) Oh, mate, thank you so much, Alex. It's been an absolute joy, mate. No worries. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, mate. Cheers, man. See you later. Oh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> We've just had the champ on. Alexander oh, Volkanovsky has just been on our tiny little podcast. Oh, man. Oh, like... mate. I'm absolutely buzzing. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm going to have to go for a run just to get rid of this extra energy. <laughs> I mean, that what a so dude. Great. What a nice bloke. Lovely yeah. bloke. Yeah, I mean, oh, I just, I don't know. This is going to be the worst outro ever because I feel like yeah. I'm just going to be like, oh, Yay! <laughs> like, I've got nothing else other than just like joyous sounds to make because yeah, I'm so absolutely. excited that we've had absolutely. him on. And it was just really cool, just like hearing, like hearing about the fact that you know he's he's just the, the whole walkout thing, the whole kind of prep thing. It's like yeah, you know, I'm, I've just kind of I'm, I'm on top of that. You know, you know, I know what I'm doing, yeah. and and the fact that um, you know I look at every fight as a as a title fight. You know, I just thought everything about that interview was everything I hoped it'd be. He was an absolute yeah. delight. and Except just... the internet connection. Clearly <laughs> Vegas and the Ultimate Fighter house or wherever he is doesn't have the best internet connection. Alex, 100% top form. The internet connection, not as great, but I'm sure that it will come across well anyway. Absolutely, but, um, absolutely. Yeah, Ooh. oh... There was so much that we probably didn't get to ask him as well, because I know he had to, he had to yeah. shoot off. But, you know, I mean, he's in the middle of the ultimate fighter. Um, I mean, he's, he's got a massive fight with Ortega coming up, and Ortega looked fantastic in that Korean zombie fight. But then mm. Volk looks great in every fight. He's, you know, on a 19-fight win streak, yeah. 9-0 in the UFC. And as he said, he's beaten the Mendes, the Aldos, Holloway twice. I mean, this guy is legit going for another goat of that division. If he puts together another few title defences, especially if people come through that are, you know, 
really seen as huge challenges for him, which I think they're willing featherweight. I mean, our friend Arnold Allen as well, I'd love to see him get a, a title yeah. shot. But this is a guy that could easily become another absolute goat of that division very quickly. You know, and he said, didn't he? You know, I, I, I want to be pound for pound as well. You know, yeah. that, that, the, the, the goals are endless. And if you look at the CV, you know, as we touched on as, as, the, as the podcast closed, he's pretty good at ticking them boxes. You know, whatever he's set out to do, yeah. he's, you know, he's top of the class in all of it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, from what he's done so far, I have no reason to believe that he, you know, he won't be pound for pound. You know, why doubt him? There's, you've got no grounds to doubt him. <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, you know, Usman's going for pound for pound if he's not for the pound for pound at the moment. And, I mean, he's not beaten anyone to the notoriety or, or level of a Max Holloway and Volk's done it twice. And he's not, in my head, beaten anyone that's like the legend of that division in the way that, he's, that Volk's beat Aldo. And, I mean, yeah, that could be a really close-run race between the two of them for yeah. pound for pound over the next few years. Who knows? I mean, but, yeah, I mean... Dude, I'm still fucking brilliant. buzzing, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, well, look, we should go. I hope you've all had a lovely time listening to this uh, this episode of the podcast. Um, yeah, is there any more to uh... say? Yeah, we're going to go and make some more joyous noises. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It sounds weird. Ooh. It's not weird. Um, but, yeah, right... <laughs> Later. Bye. I've got the boys knocking on the door. Hey, here's a big fan. Another one. Big fan, bro.